Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to explore all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast using whatever your favourite app or service is by visiting anchor.fm forward slash irish dash tech dash news. Welcome to Irish Tech News. I'm Sangeeta Waldron, author of Corporate Social Responsibility is Not Public Relations. This is a special mini-series where I'm speaking with global business leaders and change makers about sustainability and ethical news. Today, I'm joined by social entrepreneur James Thurwall, founder of Animal Tea, a business that combines his love of fine tea conservation and social business. James says that across all cultures, tea serves to connect people to each other, to themselves and to nature. By creating a successful company with sustainability baked in at every level, James hopes to inspire others to do the same. Hi James, welcome. Hello, nice to hear you. Yeah, you too. Thank you for having me on. No, love to. I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing all about Animal Tea. So on that note, what is Animal Tea all about and what inspired you to set it up? Uh, so Animal Tea is a tea company, a speciality tea company based in Oxford. And uh, we are a tea company which gives 100% of our profits to fund wildlife conservation. So we have um, projects that we support that um, that help to protect pangolins and lions and uh, primates and um, got other other kind of charity partners in the in the pipeline. Um, but that's essentially in a nutshell what we do. So I would say that if uh, if David Attenborough had a, a tea company, then this would be it. <laughs> um, so that. yeah, that I suppose that, that's the overview. Um, and then, yeah, it came, it came about, I've been thinking about this. So my background is tea yeah. um, or partly tea. And um, I've been working in speciality tea for quite a while now. Um, so I've worked with lots of, kind of, lots of big brands in, in luxury hospitality. And, and um, so part of my day job for a long time has been working and teaching about tea and training people in, in big hotels and restaurants. Um, that you know people will be familiar with um, and I always had this inkling about wanting to start a social business um, and so that was sitting around in the back of my mind for a long time and then my son it was my son that triggered it so I was reading my son a bedtime story and it had loads of animals in it and we were talking about all the animals and so on and he looked up at me and he said oh dad are there any of these left and I suddenly thought I had one of those moments where I started welling up and I just kind of choked it down and I just you know I came up with some kind of answer but actually I didn't have an answer you know I had an answer for now but I started to think oh his his storybooks are going to look very different um for the stories that he's going to be reading his kids if we don't if we don't take action and I thought because this had been brewing for a while excuse the pun um (laughs) yeah I just thought you know if I don't do it now I can't I just can't look him in the eye and think and, you know, and say that I was a bystander, really. Um, so that sounds quite dramatic, but I think as 
you know, we always have these questions in the back of our mind and sometimes it's, it's kids or, you know, the most unexpected moment that just wakes you up to something that you're doing or not doing in your life. And you think, oh yeah, this is the time. Um, and so, yeah, that's what, that's what, um, that's how it came into being. Well, yeah, no, I, I, um, I can understand that, you know, when you said um, your son will be reading different kinds of books to his children, especially if we go the way we're going with regards to the planet and not really respecting its resources and other life forms. So what do you hope to change from Animal Tea? What difference do you want to make? Um, I think there's loads really. I think I'd probably boil it down to kind of, I'm interested in, in challenging this idea of business as usual. And I think that's kind of on everybody's minds at the moment. Mm. Um, and you know, I read the, I was reading, I got your book, thank you. Um, oh, thanks, which, uh, it arrived yesterday and I just started reading the first, it's got the introduction. And uh, one of the things that you were saying in that was that uh, people want more, I'm paraphrasing, but kind of people want more from companies. And, and I, you know, I want to be that kind of company. So I want to, ha I want our company to be sustainable end to end, you know, so we have a kind of a North star guiding principle in around the decisions that we're making in the company, which are, it's really easy. It's, you know, we ask, is this going to help animals or harm them? And if it's going to help them, then we'll do it. And if it's going to harm them in any way, and that's, you know, talking about everything from packaging to sourcing to um, you know, every kind of aspect of the business you can think of. If the answer to that question is that we're going to do damage, then it's a very easy no, we just don't do it. Um, and it sounds like an uncompromising stance, but I'm all right about that. You know, mm -hmm. so that's that that's one because because we're starting from the beginning so we can have sustainability sustainability baked in so i think that's the kind of thing that i'm looking to change um and then the other thing is in terms of yeah that's the kind of the business side of it um and i think from a the other thing i'm try and challenge is the is the model for conservation so when i speak to our conservation partners what i hear from them is that they're sick six not the right word they're tired yeah <laughs> uh, of having to work with one hand behind their back so they go out and do their conservation work during the day and then they'll come back in the night and try and work out how to get funding to do it um and no other i can't think of many other services that we would think of as so vital that work under those circumstances you know if you're a doctor you go and do your doctoring you know you go yeah. and work on the wards or whatever and then you go home you don't have to work at work try and work out how to pay for the job that you've just done um, and I find that so I'm thinking about you know how can business support um, sustainable conservation and one of the ways to do that is just to be a, be a kind of an anchor donor so they don't have to think about where is this money going to come from I can say well look we can dedicate this amount of money to every year and because the company will grow we can dedicate that much next year so they can plan you know so I think that's really important um, and it's also charities are changing sort of the idea of how charities operate um, they are always trying to have um, new ideas about how to get money in yeah. but that, that money then that money goes straight out again um, and I think that charities as they're set up at the moment aren't necessarily that sustainable there's nothing wrong with charity they're great uh, they're a great kind of channel for uh, resources and, and money but I think business could operate or should operate 
uh, if it can, where people and planet and the environment are the primary drivers for their activity. Um, that, that feels very important to me. Um, and I think the last thing is, from a customer's point of view, I think customers do want more. So yeah. one of the things that we do, um, so yes, we sell tea. You know, Primarily we're a tea company and we sell really good, really high quality organic tea. And we teach people about tea and we run uh, tea education online. So people don't just buy tea, they buy, uh, they, they buy into a kind of community. So we uh, hold tea um, meditation sessions online, which is something I've done for years. And it's just another, everybody's interested in mindful, lots of people are interested in mindfulness and mental health and how you can support um, yourself in that way. Um, and so those kind of self-care things, we just build into it. So we have meditation uh, like once a month and people can come along to that. Um, we have conservation talks that people can come along to. So there's kind of this sort of idea that as a consumer, you're not a passive consumer of just something that we sell, send out to you. You can get involved and engaged in this community um, and I think that's really important people have responded in a really positive way um, so I suppose yeah those are the three things that I'm, I'm trying to change there's lots more to it there's a real richness to it uh, which is really exciting but um, it's kind of hard to stay focused <laughs> because there are so many different aspects to it yeah but I, I suppose I, fundamentally yeah. you know it's about tea and an end-to-end -end approach to sustainability from you know every aspect from the commercial aspect to the conservation aspect to the consumer side yeah i mean you're absolutely right there are so many things you've just said there um just quickly um some of them um consumers are looking for more of an experience when they're shopping and when they are shopping with purpose they want to be part of something they want to mm. understand the relationship between you know what they're buying who's benefiting and and not just buy it and go they really want to be part of something so you're right communities are becoming really important um and there's a lot in that isn't there when you said you know tea and meditation tea and self-care i mean i think of all those phrases we have tea and sympathy you know mm. everyone knows you know we always say let's chat about it over a cup of tea so i think there's a lot in what you've said i just want to quickly well, sorry you're gonna no say i was gonna say just just um, on that, you know, I think that was that's part of the way that we work in a way is, you know, we we're kind of a slow growing business because we're based around community uh, and actually some of the, you know, the kind of big businesses that we are, that we really look to. I was thinking about Airbnb, for example, I listened to a podcast called um, Masters of Scale yeah. with Reid Hoffman. And, um, you know, one of the things that that Airbnb did, um, I know they're a technology company, so it's a bit different, but they you know they started off doing things which were very unscalable you know they took all the photographs they did all the visits round to um to the ho uh, to the sort of host um you know right. to their uh, customer their homes and made them look better and you know and talk to people to really understand their customers and that's in terms of where we are in the business you know we've only just launched and so we're starting to understand who our customers are but what we have because of this community we've got this incredible access to and we've got this access to customers who are real ambassadors for what we do without us really having to do anything you know and I, I have a, a sort of a, you know we're gonna have to work work hard because it's a, it's a busy market but um, because of the kind of goodwill and the ambassadorship of a lot of our customers already we've got loads of user-generated content we've got loads of people 
um, you know, being advocates for our, our brand without us having to do anything. And that's the kind of, you know, that's what people pay huge sums of money and invest huge resources in trying to get, uh, trying to kind of retrofit, if you like, you know, if, particularly if you're yeah. thinking about CSR purely from a publicity point of view. Yeah. Um, and we've got that baked in and, and that will only continue to grow. So I, I feel quite confident that, that that is a very important part of, of, um, of how we'll grow. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think you will. And I think uh, people, people will give their loyalty. People give their loyalty to things they believe in and are passionate about. Yeah. I just want to ask you, how do you choose your um, wildlife partners and how do you source your tea? Um, so our wildlife partners is a very interesting question. Um, so some of them have happened um, organically, um, but the, the criteria for me really when we started looking was that we wanted um, grassroots conservation partners that we could make a, um, a an obvious difference with so uh, and technology particularly during covid has allowed that because we've got this familiarity now with with um, you know with uh, conference calls or zoom and you just have this access to people and everybody's is, is used to working in that way so the kind of money that we use to support people um, is you know, it's relatively small. So that would kind of disappear into a, into a black hole if it was a bigger organisation um, because they're, they're set up in different ways, which is, which is fine. But I think for our customers and for us, in order to stay motivated and stay interested, we have to have this kind of like hand in glove relationship with our partners. So we chose smaller ones for that reason. So the Pangolin project that we chose in Central Africa, um, they have a very small... Uh, they only need about somewhere between 60 to 100,000 pounds a year. So that's something that we can help support and make a significant difference in. And, and our customers can see um, over the years how, they're in, how, how the impact is being felt, you know, the, the impact of their, of their buying. Um, and then there are other ones which are, um, I've chosen them on the basis of the kind of work that they do. So some conservation projects are um, primarily, they call it, um, what do they call it? Uh, I'm trying to think of the word boots. There's a word for it, uh, but it's basically about boots on the ground. So it's kind of like anti-poaching, for example, is a big, is a big part of conservation missions. Um, but we chose a, a partner in uh, Mozambique who, is, who, who worked with lions and large carnivores. They're called the Nyasa Lion Project. Um, and they work with the, they kind of have a kind of, how can I put it, that they have a social, um, a CSR remit where they basically try to, um, they work in conservation, so they work with anti-poaching, but they also look at ways for sustainable livelihoods and alternative livelihoods for the, for the villagers that are inside this reserve so yeah. that they can coexist happily with these other, with these animals. Because the main issue for all of conservation or for a lot of conservation, particularly with large large animals is human wildlife conflict so when animals and humans meet in that way the animal always comes off second best or pretty much in the 99% of the time um, and it's understandable because if you're a subsistence farmer and you're an elephant comes through and tramples all of your maize or your sorghum or whatever it might be yeah. then understandably you're going to get very upset about that and you know you would want to protect your livelihood and your family um, so but all of the mission, all of the 
partners that we have also have uh, education initiatives um, and they also have kind of healthcare initiatives. So, um, you know, they work with um, trying to spread awareness within the local communities about the wildlife. So they're really kind of embedded, I suppose. Um, and I think that allows us to get a, a, a sort of a, a, a ground level view of what's going on. Um, but then there's another company, another charity who, as we speak, we're just talking to who are who are not really based in the field. They're based in the UK. And we're interested to see how it would work with a UK based organization, because um, one of the one of the, the activities that we do alongside selling tea is is working um, to kind of bring people together around tea because tea is a great kind of social lubricant and it's a great yeah. way of bringing people together. So we're looking at ways to um, help those charities to connect with their donor bases um, and to make donating to those charities more meaningful. So like finding ways to connect, you know, connect those communities. So that's another part of our mission really. So it's not really just about selling tea. Yeah. Um, it's about finding ways of bringing people together. Um, so that's the, the, the charity side of the conservation side. And in terms of sourcing our tea, um, we source um, our tea from, we always source our tea from either biodynamic uh, or organic tea farms. Um, so we have a biodynamic, biodynamic tea um, garden in Sulembong in Darjeeling, um, and we get tea from an organic tea farm in South Korea. Um, and then we also work with tea gardens that are transitioning towards organic agriculture. Um, because I think that's a really big and important thing. We need to support people that are making a choice to move towards organic agriculture because if they don't have a market that's there and they don't have a, um, you know, they don't they don't have that opportunity to sell uh, and, and kind of keep them afloat while they're doing that. Um, then that's you know they just they'll either disappear or they'll go bust or they'll they just won't do it. Um, and so I think that's really important for for us. And we're very transparent about that. You know, we we have a a policy of radical transparency so if you have a question about that ask and i will you know and we'll give you a very straight answer and um, because we think the business that we have is built on trust and so you know if we abuse the trust of our community or our customers then you know we do that at our peril really um and you know as many many people have seen if you if you try to um try to kind of hide what's really going on with greenwash then i think you um you know you run the risk of of, of losing the the trust of your your customers absolutely yeah because they've bought into what you do and mm. i mean that you've created a community so what's is there a difference between loose tea and tea bags there's a big difference i think well there's an obvious difference yeah um and i think just in terms of packaging that was probably one place to start with that so um, things are changing I think in term there were some tea companies that use uh, bioplastics um, in their in their tea bags so they're so they're biodegradable um, so there are some people that, that use them um, there are other cheaper tea companies that will use uh, tea bags that are sealed with plastic a kind of small amount of plastic which is the um the adhesive that will glue the the tea bag together um and so from a kind of in from a packaging perspective yeah tea i i, I favor loose tea we only sell loose tea and i think the reason for that is because your uh, your packaging and your footprint in terms of waste is much smaller um so 
you know, and the other thing about tea bags is they you do create waste. So you have a box to put them in. You have the wrappers often that then need to be disposed of. Um, then you have the actual tea bags themselves, and even the ones that are biodegradable, they're only biodegradable under certain circumstances, which is usually um, industrial biodegradable, um, that kind of level. So you can't really compost them. Um, and so for me, that it just la lay it layers up the kind of waste, and it also plays into the idea of. Um, the kind of ease with which we kind of, or the convenience that we use things and we throw things away you know there are times when a tea bag is the only thing that we'll do you know don't get me wrong i'm not a complete i'm not a fundamentalist about these things but you know if you have a takeaway cup you don't want a whole load of english breakfast leaves floating in the bottom yeah. but if you're sitting at home and you've got the time to make tea yeah. um then i would say you know you're if you get loose tea you're going to get much better value for money because you know bear in mind like anything else if you're buying a box of 20 tea bags there's a certain amount of that money is going to go to tea but the rest of it's going to go to the box and the packaging and the yeah. and the manufacturing company that put it all in the box and in the packaging and so on and so all of that is extra cost that you're paying and actually you're not getting much tea for your money right mm -hmm. um so i think that's a big difference um and then the other thing is just taste uh so loose tea tends to be better quality because you can actually see the quality it's not hidden in a as dust in the tea bag um there were you know there were some good quality tea bags out there for sure and that have very high quality teas in them but there isn't anything really that beats loose tea for um for its ability to kind of give out flavor so um you know you wouldn't think if you think about coffee most people when they drink coffee they think of it as freshly ground nowadays we have this you know we want freshly ground coffee we want to see the beans we want to or grind them ourselves we want to you know do a pour over or an espresso or whatever it might be um we you know and we wouldn't imagine having a coffee bag where that's been sitting around for two years or whatever on a shelf and then dipping it into you know it just doesn't really work so the, the kind of the freshness of the tea um, really comes alive with, with loose tea um, so there's lots of differences. I think my mantra for these things with all kind of commodities um, is buy less, buy better. I think that's yeah. true of everything. Um, and and um, because it's, again, this is part of our, our reasoning for the way that we work is that um, I want people to have a great experience with tea and loose tea and teaching people about tea means that you kind of, you learn something. I think when you just open a tea bag and drop it into a mug and then pour hot water on, you're kind of hidden or you're kind of you're you're not actually getting to the leaf. You're not going to see it, you're not going to smell, you're not going to smell it. And I understand that for everybody, you know, they don't want to sit there smelling their tea leaves and grinding their coffee all day long. We've got busy lives to leave. Yeah. But there are there are actually there are moments there where you can sit and go, oh, okay, you know, I can learn something here, or I can just step, you know, I can look into the teapot and see the leaves unfurl. And you can realize that you know this is a this is a natural thing this was a you know, living plant and it's got this incredible capacity to give you you know biochemically you've got it calms you down it kind of gives you a ritual all of these sorts of things and if you just dip a tea bag in a mug um it doesn't really give you access to those sorts of things so i suppose yeah that would be the main difference um there's lots of other ones but i think yeah value for money is one trying to cut down waste is another 
Um, and then just for the experience of, of it, and loose tea is definitely something that I favour. What's your favourite tea? Oh, <laughs> um, so I am one of these people that have, I have a different tea for different moods. Um, right. So so I like to drink green tea in the morning because it keeps me, it's quite, uh, it makes me quite alert. And then I drink um, English breakfast tea, usually when I'm having something sweet alongside it, like a you know cake or biscuit or something yeah. like that. I don't think, and then English breakfast tea or breakfast tea is kind of comfort food, right? So every culture's got their comfort food um, and English breakfast is kind of our, I think is our comfort food or breakfast tea, wherever you are. Um, so yeah, I, and then the other thing is that because I've traveled quite a lot in Japan and China and been to lots of tea gardens, different teas evoke different memories for me. Um, and so if I want to feel in a particular mood or if I want to remember a particular thing, then I will I'll drink, drink a particular tea. Oh, so tea yeah, that's a bit, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They definitely, yeah. Cause it's, yeah. I mean, it's very sensory, isn't it? And, yeah. and it can trigger all kinds of things. What about you? What do, do you have a favorite tea? Uh, I think Darjeeling tea. Um, ah. Yes, I think, again, maybe because of the memories and it's a gentle tea. Yeah. That's how I see it. It's a gentle tea. I also like Earl Grey, again, because yeah. it's a gentle tea. Uh, but I do like um, <laughs> the breakfast tea to, to dunk my biscuits. So, <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> well, I had, uh, I have, I've had very, very, uh, I've had many tea teachers over the years who have been, you know, they've taught me about the kind of, the mechanics of tea and the flavors of tea but also the kind of uh, the the if, if you go to china or japan then tea is a is a ritual right so they yeah. use tea in ceremonies and they have a very they have quite a different relationship with it um and so my one of my teachers used to say well i you know i either drink tea for taste or for effect and right. uh and i think you know sometimes you need the effect you need a bit of a a, a bit of a wake-up call in the morning uh, and then the other time you sit and you can appreciate the delicate flavor of a Darjeeling or an Earl Grey or something like that. Um, so, yeah. And that's the thing about tea that I love is that it's just there are so many different options um, that you can suit it to mood. I think coffee is probably quite different. I, I, I'm the kind of person that can't drink coffee. I like coffee, but it doesn't like me. If I drink it, it, it um, I can't concentrate. I can't focus. I can't really think very well um but I like to kind of sniff one so if somebody gives me one I'll have a little sip and that'll be that'll be all I can drink but if I drink a full cup of coffee it just it drives me absolutely bonkers right <laughs> I so, like a cup of coffee as well I have to say yeah oh yeah I'm not down I like all drinks put it that yeah. way but tea is the one that's kind of that's, does it that's for got, you. it does it for me yes yeah. so yeah. what's next for animal tea uh, so I think the next, well, the next thing is we are really excited to, to launch, hopefully we'll be able to announce this new partnership, um, which I can't say much about, which, but I think it will be really interesting for us to, um, to start to spread our, um, the kind of work that we're doing, um, beyond just tea. Um, so our focus is tea, but it's about how we, how do we connect people through tea? And then the other thing I think for us is, is our launching our events and our kind of talks program so if you go to our website you'll see that there are some there were talks coming up for um, around conservation around tea education um, there are ways that people can get engaged around tea and conservation um, so I think that's for us is you know over the next 12 months is really 
honing the the experience for our customers so making sure that everything about the tea that people love um and then the the rest is is not extra but every everything else is kind of woven in so i, I really want in 12 months time to look back and for us to have a community of customers who are really engaged in what we are doing um and who are you know that will be with us for the for the journey because they're not going to get what we're doing anywhere else um and also i think for that to spiral off so one of the joys of doing this is that when you uh, i think about this sort of idea of a spiral of benefit or a sort of a virtuous spiral rather than a virtuous circle because if it goes round and round and round you can just touch all these different people and so we've had uh, we've been able to by running conservation events uh, or conservation talks we have speakers uh, the last speaker that we had was about pangolins um, and from that all kinds of things emerged we had people uh, donating money to the charity directly we had people that were uh, wanted to provide services as illustrators for their um, uh, for the education materials that we were giving out to children. There was a, a kid's pangolin storybook that came, you know, the kind of idea for that came out of it. So there's loads and loads of things which just get generated by that. And for me, that's the power of bringing people together. It happens naturally when people come together, but we want to be the catalyst to do that. So I think that's really where our focus is, is getting as many ways as possible to bring people together through tea. So how, yeah, so just, I mean, on that, how can people buy your wonderful tea and how can they find you connect with you so yeah so the the the, the best way to buy tea is to go to our website so it's animaltea.com and that's animal with two l's as in all animals all profits all all for yeah. one one for all um so animaltea.com um and then if you want to connect via facebook we are at animal tea and instagram is animal tea um and we don't have a twitter account at the moment although one is coming <laughs> <laughs> but i've got lots of uh yeah i i my social media uh presence is if you really really want to find me go to our website to buy tea there that's where everything that's where you can connect with me in the most direct way um but uh instagram and facebook are really places where you can really see what's going on because in terms of conservation and tea it's a very visual medium um, and so there's loads of great information there and there's loads of discussions going on that you can that you can um, you can get involved in. Well, thank you, James. I've learned a lot about tea and tea bags and loose tea and memories and more power to animal tea. I just love what you're doing. And uh, thank, thank you. And thanks for sharing your story. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me on. And uh, yeah, and I, I'm very much looking forward to finishing your book uh, because, uh, yeah, it's a page turner. I started, I, I fell asleep with it on my face last night. I was like, right. And I woke up, I woke up and started reading again. <laughs> on that note, I'll say thank you. Thanks. No, no. Okay. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. Check back every day for the latest episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore tech news. On Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Irish Tech News. On LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash Irish dash tech dash news. On Instagram, instagram.com forward slash Irish Tech News dot IE. And on TikTok, tiktok.com forward slash at Irish Tech News.